0: I want to talk to you about uh, being withheld from sinning, the subject, the subject of being withheld from sinning. Have you ever thanked God for what you missed? Have you ever thanked God for what you missed? A lot of times we concentrate on what has happened in our life, oh I've had this bad thing happen, but what bad things did you not have happen? Start thinking along that line a little bit. Can you see me tonight? Well, you're not blind. Can you hear me? You're not deaf. Can you speak? You can speak. You're not dumb. Can you think? You haven't had a bad stroke, which I've seen through the years happen from one day to the next. And so, there's so many things to be thankful for. A lot of things that we have not had happen. Most of the time, we thank God for the things uh, that we see that God has have done, He's done for us. Maybe a financial need he met, or he helped you get a certain job, or he healed one of your loved ones, or uh, he convicted one of your loved ones of sin when you prayed for him, and Maybe you caused somebody to understand the Bible that you prayed for. We've been praying for Carla Morris, and God's answered that prayer. So we say, thank you, Jesus, for Carla had a good day today. They think she's going to come home tomorrow about 3 o'clock, go home. She's turned a corner, is what they feel. And for a while there, they didn't know which corner she was going to, When she came to the crossroad, didn't know which way she was going to go. But uh, Bob... Her husband was thrilled when I when I called him just for a prayer meeting about her condition and what's been going on. And she ate a full meal today, you know. A lot of people, especially you old you old timers. Not pick on you old timers, you know I do. But the old timers a lot of times worry about eating. I say, well, man, so and so hasn't eaten breakfast, and so and so hadn't eaten lunch. So and so didn't eat all day. Whoa. You can go weeks without eating. We fasted here at this church seven days at a time, water fast. All we drank was water seven days, 24-hour days, and we all lived. We lived, and we didn't want to. But, I mean, we all lived, and some of you could, could go a couple months. Maryland, I'd say go two weeks without eating. Not not dropping it. Yeah, she go two weeks, two weeks without eating. Uh, Vera, three months. No, I mean. Uh, there goes there goes my invite. There goes my invites over to the house, man. They're gone now. Well, her mother went home, and so she's happy. There, I mean, not that she wasn't. Her her mother her mother, if you never met her mother, I thought she'd be like Vera, you know. She said, Oh, my mom's not like me. She's feisty and she's tough and she talks back, and I thought, that sounds just like you to me. <laughs> I thank God for the things that I have missed. Uh I thank God for unanswered prayer. That was a country song a while back. Now, I don't listen to country music because there's a lot of us just about swapping wives and drinking beer and driving with four different kinds of tires on your truck. And But the uh, one song that I heard, I must have heard this by just shopping. You know, if you just shop, you hear the top ten of everything. But... Uh, Thank God for unanswered prayer. It caught my ear. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. That's the truth. We rarely thank God for not answering. Well, have you ever gotten prayer with, with God and said, i got to have this, Lord. Please do this. Please, please do this. He didn't do it. Later on, you look back and said, thank you, Jesus. I was talking to Chris Barrows. Is he here? No, he said, want we were talking about this at lunch, and he said, I, I had some girls that I just, I just had to marry him. I just wanted to marry him. They were the one. Oh, I thought they were the one. I asked God, you know, this is one. He says, Boy well, am I thankful that, they, that God didn't answer that prayer. Well, am I thankful that God didn't answer that prayer the way the girls, as he watched their life, the way they turned out. He's glad he didn't get them as his wife, so. Uh, We lobstered quite a bit down there where the Atosha, Nuestra de Atocha was found in the Marquesas area. The Atocha, the fleet, that fleet in 1635 had two mothers, one mother load ship which had the most of the treasure and that was the Nuestra de Atocha. And then the Margarita had the other most of the treasure. Then there was about 11 other boats ships for guard, to watch guard on them as they traveled back from Mexico area, which they robbed all of those uh, Incas and Aztecs and all that stuff. They robbed them of everything. Don't feel bad for them, by the way. If you read uh, Cortez's uh, report of what he saw when he went over to Mexico and saw the Aztecs and the Incas, and then there was debauched. They were debauched, homosexually debauched. And it it so turned the stomach of these Spaniards, which were no saints, that they just slaughtered them like pigs. He said, we just started killing them. And so God just gave them over to the Spanish. The Spanish came in, took them over, killed them, mostly with the yellow fever, though. God killed most of them. The yellow fever came through, killed most of them. And uh, that's why you don't see too many of them. They're gone. There's still a few of them left, but most of them are gone. And so they took their treasures that they had been storing up for hundreds and hundreds of years, especially green stones, red stones, emeralds and rubies and gold, and they pulled them off and they put them in their, their chips to take them over, to, really to pay their army, to pay their national debt. It was important that that ship got to Spain for their national uh, financial situation. Well, they didn't understand hurricanes. They did not understand the time of the season. They did not understand uh, not to go certain times. And so hurricanes whipped through here and destroyed. And a lot of that gold and silver and precious stones went to the bottom right off our coast here. Right off our, Even up here, there was even a wreck off of Wiggins Pass. They found a Spanish wreck. with some gold on it. Um, but we dove right in the vicinity of where they had been hunting. Mel Fisher hunted for that for 16 years before he found it. Why did it take so long? Because that was a World War II bombing range. And in World War II, uh, the planes would go over there and they'd have 50 caliber machine guns and they would just use targets and use, they'd put boats out there and sink them. and We dove a lot of those boats, LSTs and various boats. We found a, a Grumman Avenger, I don't know if you're familiar with Grumman Avengers, it's a torpedo plane, found it, nobody knew where it was. We gave the location to the military. And the, the cockpit was pulled back, the propeller was bent, so I mean he had crash landed, and it was interesting stuff. Um, so they couldn't find it because there was so much metal. There was bombs everywhere. There were just metal everywhere. So when they went around there with metal detectors, they would get a hit, 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 hit. Had it not been there, they'd probably found it in two, three years. Because this is a massive amount, four hundred million dollars worth of silver and gold. And my brother and I, when they found it in July 1985, we were there. We happened to be diving, off. Uh, we were within a quarter mile of the mother load when they found it. And so we got on the radio and listened to them. And uh, they gave the they had to give the number of of it where it was because they had it court and junked. It, and he owned it. And so guess what? I looked at our numbers. We had we lobstered on the Atosha. And didn't know it. We had numbers on the mother load. And I was like. Thank you God. Thank you God. For not letting me sell myself cheap. Because had I found. Had we found that. I would have probably not been doing this. And it would have changed my direction. Thank God for unanswered prayer. Thank God he didn't let us find that. He didn't let us uh, have that. Let's take your Bibles to Genesis chapter 20 and verses 1 through 5 and talk about um, Abimelech and Abraham. Genesis chapter 20 verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh Shur and sojourned and Gerar or Gerar. And Abraham said, of Sarah his wife she is my sister and Abimelech king of Gerar or whatever sent and took Sarah all I can tell you is Sarah was a head turner but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him behold thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken for she is a man's wife and Rimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even she, now this is, even she herself, underline that, said he is my brother, which was a half-truth, which is a whole lie. A half-truth is a whole lie. The, the Hubers t- teach our children. If you have a little white lie, it's a lie you get whipped. That's what it is. There's no, there's no like, good lie, bad lie. I and mean, the Democrats feel that way, but we don't. I'm sorry. She said unto me, she's my sister, and so in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And here's a key verse, verse 6, And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. Who said that? God. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. There it is right there. Therefore I suffered thee not to touch her. Now look, there's a tremendous truth here about the way God works to those who are honest of heart. This is a tremendous truth of the way God works because this was absolutely against human nature what God did here. A man don't take a beautiful woman as his wife and leave her alone. It does not happen. But it did here. Well, let's learn a few things. First of all, there's three things I want to talk about. Number one, God takes into consideration what's in your heart. God does not want your intellectual assent. He wants your heart's belief. When you get married... Your wife does not want you to do the vows intellectually. She wants you to take the vows from your heart. Amen. Well, I got married to my little woman. We got married just as the peace, real plain service, plain clothes, 10 bucks, 10 minutes. Proving you do not have to spend 15, 20 grand to be happily married. And ever the man said. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've had, and the man said, man, I wish we wouldn't have to go through this. And I said, "Well, you just be the man, uh, you know, belly up and say we're not having a big wedding." And he'll say, "Well, if I didn't do that, she probably wouldn't marry me." I said, "There are more women out there." (laughs) But um, anyway, it is what it is. I'm not against big weddings. Don't 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 go home and say pre-training for. I love big weddings as long as you're paying for them. Uh, but, but God wants you to, when you get married to that old girl or, or boy or girl, uh, then, you know, I'm saying your girl's married and mind. um, he wants you to mean it from your heart. Now, look, if that's the way you want to get married and that's the way you want your spouse to be, how much more does God want you to be honest with him? Man, God's not looking for our lip service. God's not looking He isn't impressed with 45 minutes of saying praise God, praise God, praise God, then going out and living for the devil. Or going around and worshiping God in supposedly spirit but not truth. He wants you to worship in spirit and in truth, honesty from your heart. Um, So let's look at a few verses that would say that so that you don't think it's just my opinion. Deuteronomy 11, 13 says, It came to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then basically the context is I'll send rain. Bless you. Deuteronomy thirteen thirteen, 13, 13. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. He's talking in context there about false prophet. Why does God allow false prophets? To see who you are. You're going to believe the Bible. You're going to believe a prophet. See, when somebody contradicts the Bible, I always believe the Bible over the person. Hello. I'm, I'm just getting you ready for me a emergency. Hello. Get, getting you ready for me a emergency. Hello. I hope you don't do that too much. Joshua chapter twenty-two, verse five. But take diligent heed unto the commandment of the law which Moses, the servant of God, charged you to love the Lord your God. And walk in all these ways and to keep his commandments and cleave unto him to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. 13. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And so even in Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 22, 37, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. What people need, oftentimes, is an 18-inch conversion. They need a conversion from here to here. What's wrong with Christianity today is you've got too many intellectually saved people and not enough heart-saved folks. I'm going somewhere with this, really. This is just the beginning of the deal. The reason God may not be intervening for you like maybe you would like Him to is because possibly the quality of of your heart. Abimelech was an honest man. He had a high quality heart. He thought the woman was not married and he took her under the law that they had at that point as his wife. God, of course, seeing that he wasn't trying to do anything wrong, uh, protected him. Kept him from sinning. And kept him, somehow or another, made him uninterested in consummating that marriage with her, though she was so beautiful he wanted to marry her. It didn't make sense at all. But it was God. How many times have you been protected by God because he saw the honesty and genuineness of your heart? Sometimes we hear of people falling in sin and we're, we're shocked. We're shocked. I don't, I'm not even going to ask for hands, but I I've, I've seen people fall into sin and I've been shocked. You would say there was seeming no indication that that person was going that direction. But what we couldn't see is what God could see. And what if you desire secretly in your heart to do something wrong, God will eventually give it to you. Hello. And you won't want it. You won't want what you get when you get what you want. Boy, I think it's important. I think the guy that falls oftentimes in the immorality and and, and there's, there's been a long time before that happened where secretly in his heart he was lusting after evil things. You with me on that? In other words, he was, nobody could see it but he was thinking about it. Boy, I'd like to have that woman, or I'd like to do this, or I'd like to do that. And it was illegitimate. It was wrong. It grieved God's heart. But he figured, you know, nobody knew but him. And But you don't, what we got to get, and this is what's so important about this truth, is you got to get that God knows the thoughts and intentions of your heart. You can't con God. You can't fool Him, not even in the little, least little bit. Bible says in the dark's like the daytime to God. Uh, he doesn't have any trouble seeing the, everything that you that you are contemplating. So it's important to keep your thought life pure. Say amen. Yeah. Say amen towards heaven. Yeah. It's important to keep your thought life pure. It's important to keep yourself right where you ought to be. Because you may get what you're thinking about. Now. Think about, let's reverse that. Let's say you're thinking about good things. Joe's here tonight. Joe, where are you at, man? Joe, Joe's a soul winner, loves God. He was a member here for a long time. And uh, God's blessed him. And Joe, at night, I think, man, I'd love to see some people saved this week. Right, Joe? I'd love to see some people saved when I go door to door. I'd love to see the Holy Spirit come. God's reading your heart. He's reading your heart. What happens? Joe said he had four people saved last week. People are still getting saved. And God's still moving. And we've seen some people saved lately. And we're, we're going back. And Ernie went back. I've gone back. And so I just want to have those kinds of thoughts. Boy, I'd like to know the Bible more this year. Boy, I'd like to have a better memory of Scripture. I pray regularly. I want a photographic memory of the Bible. He's not answered that yet, but I'm going for it. Maybe on the other side. As soon as I step on the other side, boom, I got it. And he goes, there, I answered your prayer. I like it this side, but it is what it is. Job was had integrity in his heart, and God spared him. In, in Psalm 25, 21, integrity acts as a preservative. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. So integrity and uprightness... Literally will preserve you. A just man is said to have integrity in Proverbs 20, verse 7. The just man walketh in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. There you go, Troy. That's it. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's not about how good you are as a parent. Quit tapping your... it's going to hurt your shoulder to tap yourself on the back, pat yourself on the back so. Oh, I did a good job, parent. I had a Christian one time come to me and say, boy, I've done everything right, and I just shuddered. I just shuddered. You're probably going to have Judas Iscariot as a kid. I mean to tell you, stop, 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 stop. If you want to do something right, of course, have the integrity of your heart, being honest and forthright. And there's nothing wrong with doing the right things and asking, bringing your, bringing your kids to church, pointing them towards Jesus, not being a hypocrite, preaching the truth, uh, apologizing when you make mistakes, you know, getting right, being transparent with your kids because they hate hypocrisy. Hypocrisy turns everybody off. Amen. It turns everybody off. And so, that's all good, but if your kid turns out, it's because of God. Remember, the Bible says, no flesh, will glory in His presence. That means you. That means me. We're going to go there and say, God, you did it all. Pray glory. Jesus. Oh, God. Paid it all. Okay, the second thing I want you to notice here in this passage is, once God sees your heart and reads it, for His genuineness and uprightness, He graciously and sovereignly keeps you from sinning. My mother's prayer for me, she would tell me, Billy, Billy, I'm praying for you that God will hold you back from sinning. Now, from 14 to 18 years old, I was trying to pursue sin, and as hard as I knew to do it, I wanted to experience everything. And I was, I can can't—I could go story after story of times when I had things all set up, and they collapsed. I'm talking about sinful things set up, and they collapsed, and they collapsed, and they collapsed. Finally, I went home mad one night. Something didn't work out, and I was angry, and I went home, and I said to my mother, I said, Mother, I I didn't, I said, Lorraine, she always made me call her by her first name, Lorraine. My, My dad, I called Ori, Ori and Lorraine. That's what, for my whole life, Ori and Lorraine. You think that's strange, don't you? Yeah, Well, I just obeyed my mom and dad. Take it for how you like. It. They said, call him' in Lorraine, I'll call more in Lorraine. Call him uh, uh, Jack and Jill. I'll call him Jack and Jill. I mean you know, that, that was what they wanted so we did it. I said, Lorraine, quit praying for me. You're ruining my life. She says, I'm praying for you, Billy. She cried, bad boy, God, get a hold of your heart keep you from sinning. I said, I don't want to. I want to sin. I was upset. I was really genuinely upset. It's a form of God's judgment to allow us to sin. Even though at that time, if God had allowed me to do the things that I was seeking to do, I would have been thrilled about it. Later, I would not have been. And I would have seen that that was actually a judgment on me from God by giving me what I actually wanted because I was seeking evil but could not find it. I hunted. I'm a transparent guy. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But I hunted for, I hunted. I, I would go around my buddies and I would say, does anybody have any pornography? Because I want to watch a pornographic film. I've never watched a pornographic film. This is how innocent the times were. I hunted for a pornographic film for almost a year, and never found one. And I and I said to my guys, I said, "What's wrong?" I don't. It was eight millimeter, and eight millimeter. I said, we're, "Don't anybody have an eight millimeter?" I think times were a little more innocent. I gotta say. Today you take, Siri, hey Siri, she'll find anything you want. That's why I'm concerned about you young people, deeply concerned. Thank God that I didn't find it. Thank God he held that stuff back from me. I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night sweating, thinking about that stuff. David said, my sin is ever before me. When you get into that stuff, you can't get it out of your head. It's not going out of your head until you die. Now, it may not harass you badly. God will cover it up. If you memorize the scripture, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. You memorize the word and it will act as a balm in Gilead, you know, for the to heal the wound of, that sin creates. But at times, it will come back in HD. But God will hold you back from sinning like He did Abimelech. He was directly withheld from sinning. And that's a good thing, brother. How many of you know the Lord's... Well, I don't raise your hand, but the Lord's... They call it the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord teaching His disciples to pray. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread, or dead earth, forgive my dead earth. There's a couple versions of it, by the way. And I usually mix... Matthew, Mark, and Luke's version up and put them all three and make some fourth version. Um, There's a section there where it says deliver us from evil. Remember that? Deliver us from evil. Deliver me from evil. I can't tell you how much we need to pray that. Deliver Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. I pray that a lot. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. You think that's a good thing to pray? Jesus said to pray it. He didn't say to pray that because you don't need to pray it. He said to pray that because you do need to pray it. That's just horse sense, which is stable thinking. I haven't said that in a while. I want to throw that back out there. But they deliver me from evil, please deliver me from evil. That is having the right heart is what that is. That's having a heart for God. If you're seeking evil, that's not God. That's the evil one or your flesh. The flesh, the world, the devil. Either one of those three or all three. And so, if you want God to deliver you when you need to be delivered and you want him to keep you back from sinning when you need to be kept back from sinning, you have to have integrity of heart, honesty of heart, which means that you actually do want to do the things of God, really. And then when you get weak and when you get vulnerable, he'll be there for you. He'll be there for you. Oh, I've had the devil come by. Uh, ooh, the devil wears Prada. Red dresses. Now, girls, don't do this. I, I know you say, preacher, I got a nice red dress I like to wear. Now you think of something that I didn't say to you. In fact, I don't even know what to say anymore. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> thirdly, third thing we notice on this are sins against God. Remember, David. Psalm 51, 4 is his repentance psalm. He said an amazing truth, amazing truth. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Really, all sin involves your Creator and you. Oh yeah, it affects other people around you. No effect, no no problem. Yeah, it affects and it, it ripples out there through your family. It ripples out there through your church. It ripples out there through your community. There's no sin without consequences. You can pray to have forgiveness all you want. You will be forgiven by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. But the ripple effect will not stop. One thing that's misunderstood about the forgiveness of God is people think sometimes they get forgiven of God. He takes away all the consequences from that. But God never promises to take all the consequences on this side of heaven. He's taken all the consequences away from you on that side of heaven. Or that side of whatever, the other side. But he never said he wasn't going to against the... Do you think David suffered some consequences? Do you think Solomon suffered some consequences? He had a thousand (laughs) mother-in-laws. Nobody ever cares about that. That boy wasn't wise, he was crazy. He had a thousand mother-in-laws. And he still wasn't happy. So what's that tell you about man? Insatiable. Sin is insatiable. You say, if I just did this, I'd be satisfied. You won't be. That will create a double appetite. It's like having a and Doss milkshake down at Ted Montana's. When you have one, you want two. And when you have two, you're going to want three. And when you want three, you want four. Then you want a bigger one and two at once. You do a chocolate here and a vanilla here and a chocolate here and a vanilla here. Haagen-Dazs ice cream, some best I ever had. Fulfilling lust creates more lust, not less lust. But the devil says if you had that, you'd be satisfied. You would be, it was satisfied. It's like saying Max is satisfied with one car. Yeah, that's right. And so, or oh, wait a minute, one pair of shoes. <laughs> or maybe one watch. No, I said. Until we realize when we sin it's against God and that we have deeply offended Him by our sin and we've used His name in vain, violated His law, and in essence spit in His face, you'll never understand the relationship and fellowship with Christ. Against Thee. And the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, God? I hurt you. That's who I really. Oh, he hurt Bathsheba. He hurt her husband. He hurt her husband's mom and dad. He hurt the future grandchildren that he never had. The boy he murdered. He ended his. He ended his family tree. He cut his children off. He cut his grandchildren off. Remember, it's big. Against thee and thee only have I sinned in this evilness sight. What I'm saying tonight is, from Abimelech, we learn that a person with an honest and upright heart that has integrity before God, God takes care of them. He'll take care of you. He'll keep you from the evil one. He'll keep you from the evil woman, men, ladies. He'll keep you from the evil man. And whatever else is evil, it's not just that one area. But in this case, in context, this is what it was about. So may... May we learn something from this, maybe help us some. And we not sin we, we not uh whew, we not harbor some evil thought and think we're getting away with it because we cannot and will not, because we're his children. And any of you parents out here would know and know well that you knew something was wrong with your child, you'd want to help him. How much more God would help us or discipline us if we needed, amen. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the Bible, the Word of God. We pray for our country. We don't know what's going on. I'll be honest with you, we just don't know what's going on, but we trust you. And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God and are the call according to the corner of His purpose. We also know that you're looking down the way, maybe a hundred years down the way, and here we are looking five years, two years. Father, we just pray that you remember your name for your name's sake, the people who love you, and have honest hearts before you. And oh God that you'd uh, help uh, our president, vice president, those that have an upright heart about the babies' lives and we pray for the babies of 2021 that have not been aborted that you'd protect them and that you'd allow something to happen in our country that would make it against the law again to take their life. God help us.